0: Welcome to A New Testament Journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Chapter 4 This then is how you ought to regard us, as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. Now, brothers and sisters, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, do not go beyond what is written, then you will not be puffed up in being a follower of one of us over against the other. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Already you have all you want, already you have become rich, you have begun to reign, and that without us. How I wish that you really had begun to reign so that we also might reign with you. For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession, like those condemned to die in the arena. We have been made a spectacle of the whole universe to angels as well as to human beings. We are fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are honoured, but we are dishonoured. To this very hour we go hungry and thirsty, we are in rags, we are brutally treated, we are homeless, we work hard with our own hands, when we are cursed we bless, when we are persecuted we endure it, when we are slandered we answer kindly, we have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, right up to this moment. I'm writing this not to shame you but to warn you as my dear children, Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Some of you have become arrogant as if I were not coming to you. But I will come to you very soon, if the Lord is willing, and then I will find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but what power they have. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. What do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a rod of discipline, or shall I come to you in love, with a gentle spirit?
1: Paul continues the same argument. We're back with the delivery man and the Ming vase. We are just servants. We've been entrusted with deeply precious things, even secret things. These precious and secret things have unrivaled power. They have the only power that can really change things. And so it's imperative that we simply serve them up, that we deliver them intact. And this is the crucial thing. Because we live in a hostile and foolish world, doing that exacts a heavy toll on us. To minister pure, unadulterated kingdom into people brings us into disrepute. We become dishonoured. We are slandered. We get treated like scum. The huge temptation when being treated like this is to talk ourselves up, to turn our mission into sounding clever or looking good. The huge temptation is to hype. But true servants of the kingdom come out in a rash when they smell a whiff of hype. Now, I know how controversial that is when church culture has become obsessed with creating a worshipful atmosphere, of winning others, of raising the faith of the flock. None of those things are problems as long as they sit in their proper place. But our obsession with them could become like idolatry. We can shun the slightest suspicion of having to suffer or feel stupid. You can experience the power of God among smoke machines and flashing lights. We all know that. But they do sometimes give us the wrong impression. More normal is to experience the power of God while feeling stupid on the streets or paying a heavy price to minister Jesus to some friends. We need to rewrite the narrative. Recast the vision of what it looks like to be mature in Christ. The way of life of a mature believer isn't prancing from one supernatural experience to another. It's rolling from one grubby moment to another, doing your best to get out of the way, serve up Jesus and praying for God's extraordinary power to break in. Sometimes we may not even know if that has happened. It might not feel great. This is what it is to embrace weakness. I wonder if you really believe this. When the next chance comes to pray for someone, what will you do? Will you expect to feel spiritual? Will you wait until some backing music starts in your head? Or will you simply act as a delivery man, delivering Jesus to the person and trusting his power to do the job? Yeah, you might look foolish if nothing happens, but if you entrust yourself into the mysteries of God, you might find the mysterious Jesus doing astonishing things with your very ordinary efforts. Here's a question for reflection. How could you press into doing the stuff and entrusting yourself more to the mysteries of God?
0: We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey,
1: head to www.thenewtestamentjourney.net.